This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. One. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. And we're here to preview Indiana's trip to the Outback Bowl. Uh, in case you don't know, the Indiana Hoosiers earned a trip to the Outback Bowl against the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, the game is being played in Tampa, Florida on January 2nd at 1230 uh, in the afternoon. It will be televised on ABC. Fans can listen to it on the radio, uh, on IU Radio Network. Uh, and I assume it will be on Sirius XM as well as some national channels. Uh, it is... Ole Miss is coming in at four and five. They have a lot of injury problems, which we'll talk about uh, injury and, and COVID issues. And we'll get down, we'll break down the game, break down Ole Miss, give our keys to the game, what matchups to watch, uh, predictions, and what this bowl game means to Indiana. I know we got into that last week, TJ. Um, but before we kick off, let's get a word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts so tj we set the scene uh what are your initial thoughts of the outback bowl uh i i think that we talked about this a little on our last podcast like it's important to kind of attempt to separate the disappointment of you know not getting into that new year's six bowl or even you know not getting in the citrus bowl uh to separate that from, you know, the Outback Bowl is not a bad game at all. That's It's a terrific bowl game with a, uh, you know, very good time slot uh, for exposure for the Hoosiers. It's a back-to-back uh, Florida bowl game, back-to-back, um, you know, New Year's Day game, if you will. This one's on the second, but still uh, back-to-back January bowl games, I guess, to be fair. Um, it's a big deal for the program, and, and it's a really good opportunity the first thing that jumped out to me was, wow, you know, Indiana really should win this bowl game. Uh, against Tennessee, it felt like, like a true toss-up. Um, last year in the Gator Bowl, you know, Tennessee was playing very well at the time and uh, had some momentum. And for Indiana now, they come in as heavy favorites. Right now the line is at seven and a half or eight, uh, depending on the, uh, the sports book you're looking at. Um, the biggest question really is going to be who takes the field for both teams. Ole Miss, some very well-publicized opt-outs, some very well-publicized injuries or COVID issues. Um, We don't know who's going to be available for the Rebels. Uh, We expect Indiana to be at at 
pretty close to full strength, I think, is the expectation outside of, of course, you know, Michael Penix. There will, I'm sure, be some other guys that are unable to play for, for multiple reasons, whether it's COVID, um, you know, maybe there's some team rule stuff. We don't know about any of it, but after a long layoff, it wouldn't be shocking. Uh, could have some guys get injured in practice. But as of right now, the Hoosiers should be relatively full strength. And if that's the case, it's an Ole Miss team that's four and five that uh, you really should be uh, looking at, at a chance to get a bowl game victory. And to win the Outback Bowl is a big deal for the for the uh, program. Yeah, and it's uh, – Tom Allen said today during his press conference, they're, they're pretty close to full strength. They're waiting on a, a couple of guys uh, and should yeah. find out tomorrow, uh, which probably means they're in the COVID protocol and, and things like that. Um, Indiana hasn't played in about a month, which you get to that point and usually bowl games, it's about a month off. Now you're getting to the point where it's, is it rest versus rust? Um, mm. Rest might've been important coming off of the seven straight big 10 games. You had a, a lot of guys who were kind of banged up, who you gave them a chance to, to get fully healthy and, you know, back into the groove of things. Uh, we, don't know which players had COVID, uh, but it seems like everybody's going to be back and available. There haven't been any opt-outs that we know of or have been announced. Uh, and it seems maybe this is just, you know, being used to having Tom Allen at, at press conferences. But it seems Indiana's much more interested in this game than Ole Miss. And, and I know Lane Kiffin's shtick is to be as bland and boring with the media as possible, but Watching his last two press conferences, I mean, it it looks like he's taking a nap up there and, you know, is discouraged and, and all that stuff. But it, that's reading a lot into it. Um, Ole Miss will be out without Elijah Moore, who is a um, Bolitnikoff finalist. Uh, he is an outstanding receiver. The casual college football fan probably knows him from his – uh, egg bowl faux pas uh, on a penalty that cost uh, Ole Miss the egg bowl in 2019 uh, when he pretended to pee in the end zone like a dog. Uh, they're without their leading tight end. Uh, their freshman, um, you know, freshman running back is banged up and Kiffin didn't, he hasn't practiced yet and it's Monday before the bowl game. So if you're not practicing Monday before the bowl game, it's probably you're not going to be available. Uh, they're dealing with COVID issues. Lane Kiffin has no idea what the numbers are. He just hasn't looked at them, it seems. So you, you, you get the feeling. That's why I get the feeling like they're just not interested in this game. Um, but it's a chance. I mean, Ole Miss hasn't been to a bowl game since 2015. They were on probation for a little while and had to miss bowl games. Uh, they've been uh, down in terms of production as well. Uh, but, you know, it's – you can only control – IU can only control what they can control. And they're in the Outback Bowl, which is a prestigious bowl uh, in in the grand scheme of things. You, you know, last year this game uh, featured – was it Auburn-Minnesota or uh, was it Alabama um, – Alabama, Michigan, but, you know, some big time games and big time teams have, have happened in this bowl. Uh, my, probably my 
best memory is the the Iowa Hail Mary against LSU with no time left on the clock with Drew Tate. I think that was 2005. Uh, but it's a, a good bowl, and, and, you know, Indiana has a lot to prove. They're on a five-game uh, bowl losing streak, and, you know, we don't want to talk about the Gator Bowl all that much from last year, uh, but it's – 366 days you know it, it was a leap year it's a day, exactly a year from removed from the, from the uh from the gator bowl and iu has a lot of demons to exercise and, and they've done a lot of um a lot of exorcisms this year but this is just another one on the list and, and i'll have an article out on that uh coming up shortly but what what did, what's bowl history wise this has a lot of meaning for Indiana that you could end a bowl losing streak and get your first bowl win since 1991. Uh, is, is that a fair sentiment on why Indiana seems a little bit more jacked up about this game than, than Ole Miss? I think there's two reasons. I think the first is that Indiana had a really good season. Um, you know, went six and one have a, a I'm sure a feeling within the program that they are disrespected. Uh, so they feel like there's, you know, plenty to go out and prove to people that they deserve more than what they were given, uh, that they earned more than what, uh, what the outcome was from the committee. Uh, so I think there's that, whereas Ole Miss, you know, four and five, they kind of limp into it um, after a game against Texas A&M's canceled and then they lose the shootout to LSU. So I think that that's the first part of it. The second is, yeah, I, I do think that there's, from a historical context, there's no no reason to, you know, gloss over or to ignore that Indiana historically uh, just hasn't had much to hang their hats on in terms of accomplishment uh, as a football program. Ole Miss, while they're not, not the most decorated of programs, they certainly have more of a football history than IU does. Uh, so I think it's understandable to say that this game means more to the Hoosiers. Um, you know, I think the term of uh, or the idea of momentum from a bowl game or bowl momentum, um, look, that only goes as far as the first drive in the next season. Um, it, it can make you feel good during the off season. Does it have any real impact on that next season? Not necessarily, but, I think it's important for Indiana as we look to next year with what we hope will be a really good Indiana team. Once again, it's important for IU to have a starting point that would allow them to get a new year six bowl out of next season. If they perform well on the field, uh, they were left out this year. And I think part of it was because the brand of Indiana football is not respected. Yep. If you can finish seven and one, finish in the top 10 in polls and have an Outback Bowl victory in your ledger, if you will, I think that there's, and then you return a whole bunch of experience and add a good recruiting class to it, uh, add a bunch of big names that people will now know, you know, some All-Americans like Mike McFadden uh, and, and Ty Freifogel. I, I think that you begin to build that brand recognition that allows you to maybe start near the top 10 in the country and not have to have a bunch of crazy things happen for you to get uh, your just rewards at the end of the season. Uh, so I think it's important for IU to not 
fall on their face in this bowl game. Get that bowl victory, bowl losing streak monkey off your back. Get that out of the way. Win a January bowl game. Win an Outback Bowl. And ultimately, 10 years from now, when people look in the you know the record books, they're just going to see Outback Bowl 2020 win or loss. It's not going to say, well, Ole Miss, you know, they were only four and five that year and, you know, weren't all that interested in it. Well, nobody's going to care. Nobody is going to care. Even two weeks from now, nobody's going to care. It's just going to be, did you win or did you lose? I think for Indiana, that's that's all it is on, on January 2nd is, did you accomplish what you set out to at the start of the year? Did you break that bull losing streak? Did you get a bull victory? Tom Allen said it in his press conference after uh, getting announced that they were going to the Outback Bowl. Winning a bowl game is a very big deal for him personally and for this program. And I believe him when he says that. And I think it's important for the fans, too. I know it is for me uh, that Indiana is able to go to a bowl game and win it and be able to finish the season on a high note. The type of season they've had does not deserve uh, an ending in you know a canceled bucket game, another canceled bucket game, a disappointing you know selection Sunday, if you will, that sees IU get dropped below some teams that we feel like they should be ahead of, and then have a bowl game that they go out and you know have poor showing and lose to a you know Ole Miss team that really has no business beating them. Um, this season that we've seen deserves better than that. Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms of bowl momentum, it helps in recruiting. Um, now, look, it's recruiting has been, I mean, kind of dead in the water in terms of getting guys on campus and, and yeah. things like that. And who knows when that'll start back up. It, it's a dead period until at least April, I think. Um, but it, back from the, yeah, but yeah. again, it's building your brand. You can now, you know, if Indiana goes and wins the bowl game, you could go sell your season tickets with, hey, Outback Bowl champions. It's another trophy to parade in front of your uh, alumni, donors, and and those things. And, you know, maybe this kicks off the, you know, putting something up for, you know, bowl games or bowl wins in, in the stadium that's visible to fans on that south side because um, there's room to do that there and, and you know maybe commemorate those bowl teams uh, and things like that so you know bowl momentum you're right it ends on that first drive of of next year and you, you, case in point was Tennessee Tennessee was uh, everybody's like this is going to be a top 10 team next year and um, you know the question I always ask is would you rather have won the Gator Bowl and had Tennessee's 2020 or lose like IU did and have I used 2020 now if you lose the Outback Bowl it's you know that it, it'll stink but you're still six and two and and you checked off some of those accomplishments that Tom Allen wanted to get checked off did he accomplish everything that he wanted no but you're, you're still going down the list and checking things off um you know, Indiana did have two uh, two players named to the AP All-American team uh, today as well, TJ. You mentioned Micah McFadden on defense, uh, Ty Freifogel on offense. He was also the Big Ten's uh, wide receiver of the year. Uh, they were both named All-Big Ten, third team, all 
American by the Associated Press today. And, you know, th- all those things we talk about building the brand of Indiana football, all those things help uh, yeah. and, and things like that. So let's get get down to, to breaking the game, uh, TJ. But first, another another uh, word from our folks over at Bet Online. Uh, football is in full effect, although not for for much longer as the playoffs and, and bowl games start to, to get going uh, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be on in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Uh, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head over to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, so TJ, let's get into to this. Uh, we mentioned Ole Miss is coming in at four and five. Uh, they're third in the SEC in points scored. They're also, I think, last in scoring defense. Uh, in the conference as well, giving up over 40 points a game, scoring 40 points a game. Uh, so, you know, what what is Ole Miss going to look like? And I know it's a tough question because who knows who's going to be out there. Um, but, what, you know, what what are some keys to the game for Indiana to come out on top against Ole Miss? <laughs> Well, I think you're right. It's an impossible question to answer specifically uh, with, you know, regards to certain players. But I think what we can safely say is this is a very talented offensive team. Even without some key individuals, they're going to field a good offense. I I feel confident in saying that. It'll be a challenge for IU's defense. I mean, you look at uh, early in the season, they put up 35 against Florida, 42 in a win over Kentucky, 48 against Alabama. Um, you know, 54 against Vanderbilt, 59 against South Carolina, uh, and then 48 in a loss to LSU. I mean, those are really good performances. Some of those are good defenses that they're doing that against. So, um, I think it's, it's going to be a challenge for IU's defense and a chance, I think, for the Hoosiers defense to show, uh, look, we, we can do this against really good offenses too. Um, you know, we can be an elite defense against good attacks. And, you know, I think that that's something that stands out immediately as kind of a matchup to watch would be just, you know, very thousand feet Ole Miss explosive offense against IU's defense. Um, I, I do think that what you're looking for from an Indiana perspective is what can I use offense led by Jack Tuttle, which we don't know what next year is going to look like at the quarterback position. Michael Penix had a very serious surgery uh, that, you know, I, I, I have no doubt that he's going to work as hard as possible to get himself ready. But, um, you know, it's very possible that Jack Tuttle is the starting quarterback for the Hoosiers when the season kicks off, kicks off next year in Iowa city. Uh, so, what can this IU offense do against a defense that, to be frank, uh, was pretty terrible all season? Um, I think that you're looking for explosive plays, but I think you're looking for consistent drives from the Hoosiers. Uh, we only saw Jack Tuttle against Wisconsin. 
He was really good, really good. But you do want to see how he will perform when the offense is going to need to produce because Ole Miss, uh, kind of the opposite of Wisconsin, if you will. They've got an explosive offense, a terrible defense. Uh, it should be an opportunity for Jack Tuttle to you know, show what he can do. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, you know, I think that one thing that Lane Kiffin will certainly try to do is create explosive plays. So the Indiana secondary is going to have to, you know, bring their A game to limit those explosive plays. I think the IU pass rush, however they get that, whether it's through the defensive front or through blitz packages, uh, the IU defensive front getting that pressure is going to be key because if you allow, if it's Matt Corral or, or somebody else, whoever's playing at quarterback, if you allow a Lane Kiffin offense time in a clean pocket, you're probably going to have a bad day on defense. Yeah. So getting that pressure against whoever it is, I think it's going to be a key. Uh, and then as has been the case all season, you know, creating those turnovers, getting those takeaways has been a, a key for this Indiana defense. That's going to continue to be the case. If you can get into good position on the field against the Ole Miss defense, you're going to score. You're going to score a lot because, as we said, it's not a good defense. And if you can put your offense into advantageous positions on top of that, you set yourself up for a really good day. Yeah, and that's the 30,000-foot view um, on it for, you know, Indiana's – it's strength against strength. Indiana's defense uh, against Ole Miss's offense. And we'll see – uh, come game time, who's out there for Ole Miss and, and what weapons they have. I think Lane Kiffin said they had six scholarship wide receivers available, um, which seems like a lot, um, you know, for, for a team that's pretty banged up. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, for me, it's, you know, one, my first key to the game is you, you have to make the tackles. Uh, you cannot let um, Ole Miss offensive players, uh, no matter if they're the start, regular starters, the backups, you cannot miss tackles against this team because they are a fast team. Um, it will they'll one one or two missed tackles and they'll take it to the house uh, and, and things like that. Um, the second key on uh, it, it's kind of a both offense defense type of thing is red zone efficiency. Uh, anytime you're playing an explosive offense you're going to need to be efficient in the red zone. And IU has done a pretty good job of it this year on offense of scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals. It probably cost Charles Campbell uh, an all big 10 spot, um, you know, first team, all big 10 and maybe kicker of the year, but you'd still rather be, you'd rather him be kicking extra points and field goals. Uh, And then on defense, Indiana's defense in the red zone, I believe is top in the country uh, in red zone efficiency. And that's going to be huge. If you can make Ole Miss when they're in the, the red zone kick field goals instead of uh, scoring touchdowns, they're leaving a lot of points on the field. And an Indiana offense who should be able to score against this defense, um, that's a big deal. And so you don't really want – yeah, Indiana's allowing 57% of the time opponents to score. On 19 attempts, they've only 
opponents have scored 11 times, nine touchdowns, two field goals. So getting those stops, uh, get it, you know, forcing more field goals and touchdowns is going to help. Um, and finally, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you're going to have to score and take care of the ball. You cannot give Ole Miss extra possessions by turning it over. Uh, you know, they it's tough to tell what they have in Jack Tuttle in terms of did they hand him the reins playing up at Wisconsin. They had a game plan. He executed it pretty well. Um, uh-huh. He made some big throws when he needed to. If Miles Marshall's Miles Marshall catches that that one pass, it, it's the numbers look a lot better. Uh, but can Jack Tuttle take over a game uh, the way that Indiana might need him to if this gets into a, sh- uh, a shootout uh, and and things like that, which it, it very well could um, with Ole Miss averaging over 40 points per game. The Indiana running game's got to get going as well. Uh, and it seems like everybody's been able to run on Ole Miss, pass on Ole Miss, score on Ole Miss, and things like that. Um, how Indiana's going to win this game? Easy. Make the tackles, get the takeaways. Basically, play the game you've been playing all year. Be sound in the tackling game. Get your takeaways. Produce off of the takeaways. Be efficient in the red zone. Uh, and then make some big explosive plays on offense as well which they they did with Michael Penix. Uh, and I, I think it was the Ohio State game where it just seemed once they unleashed Penix, it was they, they were throwing the ball and they, they threw for nearly 500 yards. But those third, like third downs didn't matter. Efficiency didn't matter, which is why a lot of these analytics don't really like Indiana. But that's going to be the key to the game is can, can this – can you be more efficient – on offense and defense than Ole Miss is. Because uh, Ole Miss turns the ball over, and I think they they turned the ball over five or six times against LSU and still put up, what was it, 58 points, 53 points, 48 points? 48. 48. Yep. Just imagine if they didn't turn the ball over five times. Uh, you're looking at a score in the 70s. Uh, so it, it's, it's going to be about efficiency. Uh, TJ, what is your – well, you already said your matchup to watch. Do you have an individual matchup to watch? Well, I mean, we don't really know who's playing, but um, I I do think that Matt Corral is probably the second-best quarterback that Indiana's going to face. So I use secondary against Matt Corral, I think, would be, um, you know, a lot of fun or will be a lot of fun. He's a uh, – I mean, he runs it. He's ran for 469 yards. He threw it for 2,995 with a 71.3% completion rate. Uh, Corral's really good. He's a really good player. So um, I, I think that that'll be a, a quite a challenge. Now, that being said, he threw 14 interceptions. So, you know, that, that tells you right there, there's going to be opportunities for the IU secondary to make some plays. And so far this season, they've made guys that they give them those opportunities. They made them pay. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, I, I really am curious to see kind of after these bull practices, as limited as it may have been due to COVID and the holidays, uh, as limited as things have been, you know, has there been any kind of shift in guys that have, stepped up that didn't play much during the regular season 
know, some younger players that have earned a bit more playing time. I'm interested to see that. Um, and then kind of how the running back uh, carries are, are divvied out, how that goes. I think Tim Baldwin has earned a look at, at some more carries, but uh, we'll see how the coaches approach that. Um, and I do think it's one extra kind of note for the defense is, you know, Kane Womack is, is leaving. He's the South Alabama head coach now. And I think he's incredibly well-liked by the players uh, and the other staff members. I think that he is going to be missed, not irreplaceable by any means. Tom Allen's staying, so I feel good about things. But uh, I know that his players would want to send Kane out with a, a performance that, you know, they can all be proud of. I think that that's important for this defense on top of just winning the game. Um, so that's one more thing to kind of keep an eye out on is, uh, you know, Kane Womack's final game as the defensive coordinator. I think he's had a terrific, terrific season and uh, obviously wish him the best of luck at South Alabama, but hopefully he's got one more left in him here. Yeah. And that's, that's another, that's probably my matchup to watch is, is the coordinators. Cause you know, and you know, Lane Kiffin against Kane Womack uh, and then yeah. Nick, Nick Sheridan against their defensive coordinator. Um, and it, cause those are the knowns and you can only base it off of the knowns. I think you want to see Indiana's, defense the 425 is designed to stop an offense like this uh, and it's designed to confuse a quarterback it's designed to create be aggressive and take uh, and get takeaways uh, and things like that Matt Corral is a very good quarterback Indiana has made very good quarterbacks look human this year uh, can they do it again uh, has Kane Womack's attention shifted to South Alabama has it affected preparedness is this month off uh, going to help or hurt IU uh, and things like that. And then on offense, like you mentioned, I think the game play, they're going to play it by ear. Uh, you know, after Tim Baldwin had that big game against Maryland, uh, you know, he comes back and didn't play it. I don't think he got any carries against Wisconsin. And it's, you know, it, it goes, and that, that was a game where you only had nine possessions per team, which, you know, you got to pick what style of, of football you're going to play. Um, are you going to grind it out like you did against Wisconsin, or are you going to go a little bit more up tempo and um, test the, the Ole Miss defense and see if you could score kind of like what they did in the second half uh, against Ohio state. And it's going to be interesting to see how IU deals with the heat. It's the first, I think it's the first game they're going to be playing like where it's 70 degrees or, or over. Um, you know, it, it might rain. It's Florida. So rain's always in the forecast, but it's what style of game, you know, are they going to play? Are they going to try and muck it up? Um, I think Indiana's the more talented team. So you don't really want to, you don't really want to do that either. You want your athletes to go play um, and, and just be better. But you also don't want to get into a shootout with Matt Corral against Jack Tuttle just because you don't you don't know what Tuttle Tuttle brings to the table yet. Uh, you know he's very talented and he did very well against Wisconsin, but he's only played in eight games, I believe. So it, it's going to be interesting on on what 
style of play Indiana brings. Um, TJ, prediction time. What's your prediction for the Outback Bowl? Well, I, I let's let's just assume that everybody except for the players that have already opted out publicly for Ole Miss are playing. And let's, for our prediction purposes, let's assume that IU has everybody that we expect them to have. Uh, so no Mike Penix, but everybody else that we think is out there is going to play. Um, given those assumptions, I think that Ole Miss will score. However, uh, there is something special about this Indiana defense, and I, I do think that they're going to give Ole Miss's offense uh, more trouble than what they're used to. I think they're going to spend a lot of time looking at how Arkansas defended them. Uh, they held the Rebels to 21 points and took a 33-21 victory. And then Auburn held them to 28 points. I think Indiana's defense is better than both of those units. I'm going to give Ole Miss 24 points. So Ole Miss 24, Indiana, uh, I'm going to go 42. So 42 to 24. Hoosiers win. I think it will be relatively comfortable. IU exercises the Bull Demons. Uh, and I'm going to give Outback Bull MVP to Jack Tuttle. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw against Wisconsin. I think the Hoosiers coaching staff, um, you know, now that they've had some time to prepare him uh, for this defense, knowing, yes, you are the guy. Here's what we're going to ask of you. Uh, I think Tuttle's going to have a really nice day. Yeah, I you hope so, um, and, that, and that's the hope. It's hard to do predictions based on so many unknowns with Ole Miss, um, but I think, you know, I think it's safe to take the over in this game, although, as you said, Indiana's defense is probably um, – they put up so many points on Alabama. You know, Alabama definitely has – better athletes than Indiana does on defense. But that was kind of like the, oh, the old crap moment for Alabama's defense was Ole Miss just dropped like 42 on you uh, and gave you a scare. And, and um, that, you know, got them right up until up until the Florida game. Um, I think Indiana gets into a, a semi shootout. I think the, uh, the run game breaks loose a little bit, too, um, as well as the passing game. I'm going to take Indiana, uh, Indiana 40. Five, uh, Ole Miss, 24. Um, my Outback Bowl MVP is going to be Micah McFadden uh, in his hometown. I think he's he's the key for this Indiana defense. As great as the Indiana secondary is, uh, Micah McFadden has come up with big play after big play in the backfield, putting pressure on quarterbacks, forcing them to throw, putting big hits and tackles for losses. Uh, and things like that. So I think Indiana does get their their takeaways. They cash in on them. Uh, Ole Miss will score. They'll score. Um, and they'll score a few times. Uh, but I, I think Indiana is, is going to take this and end the bowl streak and uh, end the bowl losing streak, start off 2021 on the right foot, and, uh, and hopefully go into the Iowa opener in September with a lot of momentum. And, a, and an axe to grind as well. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That um, that game's going to have uh, plenty for us to talk about prior to it, no doubt about that. Now, 
You mentioned Mike McFadden. I guess the last thing I'll ask before we kind of sign off here, uh, just a hypothetical because I we're not going to debate this at the moment, but um, Mike McFadden, third team All-American, he will come back as an All-Big Ten you know, preseason player for 2021 uh, in the heart of this defense, a very good defensive unit we would expect coming back. Uh, I, I think McFadden has a chance to cement himself with another really good season next year uh, as you know, one of the best handful of linebackers that, uh, that we've ever had in Bloomington, which uh, is really saying something. I, I think that that'll be, you know, we'll dive into it in the off season and, and in, you know, preseason coverage, but you think about where he came in as kind of an afterthought to a really good recruiting class and how he immediately jumped in and began contributing, and it's just continued to progress during his career. It's quite a story for him. Yeah, and then he was just a tackling machine in high school. I think the knock on him was that he just wasn't athletic enough uh, to play it at the Power 5 level and things like that. But He did not believe, by the way. He did not believe that, Mark. He knew he could do this. Yeah, and I look, he – he has improved a lot since he's been on campus. And I think the one thing that's the most noticeable um, that he's, he's improved uh, it's, it's uh, his speed. It's his closing speed this year, Uh, you know, time and time again, it's, it's those 10 yard bursts to make a play behind the line of scrimmage to hit the hole on a blitz uh, and things like that. Now, anytime you're a 300 tackle guy in high school, your instincts are going to be great. And there, there was no questioning his instincts on the football field. But when you can combine great instincts with speed, that's when you get a special player. Um, we'll see what he does with his future. You know, his NFL stock has probably gone up as well, but he might need another year of tape and uh, another year of, of improvement as well. So it's going to be very, a very interesting storyline to watch in the offseason is, is how many of these guys who are eligible to come back end up declaring for the draft um, and, you know, try, try and make a little bit of money off of that. Uh, there are probably a handful of guys who, who will do that off the top of my head. You, you look at WAP, Ty Freifogel, Jerome Johnson, you know, McFadden, um, Jamar Johnson's had a great year. Like those guys – probably need another year of tape and, and things like that. And you, as an IU fan, you'd love for them to come back. Uh, but they ha- also have to do what's best for them. And if they get feedback from the NFL that says, hey, you're a day one, day two pick. I mean, they're going to pull the trigger and go. Uh, but, you know, that's what's nice about getting this this free year and, and getting the year back is, you know, some of these guys that you, you might have lost to graduation could come back as well. So, yeah, that, and Mike McFadden's returning home. He's my MVP pick, so he, he better not disappoint. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, that's a good pick. I mean, you're right. He is right in the heart of what this defense is going to be asked to do against Ole Miss. So he's going to have an opportunity for a whole lot of tackles and, and some sacks and, you know, maybe a forced fumble or two and maybe a pick. So uh, I, I – I think that that could certainly end up being the case. And if Mike McFadden ends up being the MVP, 
uh, it means the Hoosiers have put together an impressive performance on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't think anybody would complain about that. Yeah, exactly. All right, that does it for tonight's show. We'll be back next Monday uh, to wrap up, uh, hopefully, an Outback Bowl win and uh, get set into the the offseason, the unknown um, in recruiting, uh, spring practice, what's that, that going to look like, uh, and maybe touch on the 2021 season as well. TJ, uh, thank you for joining us, and I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Um, and January 1st is on Friday. It's, uh, it's coming up. And don't forget to watch IU uh, take on Ole Miss in the Outback Bowl at, at 1230 in the afternoon on ABC. Uh, so check your local listings, and it will be broadcast on the IU radio network. TJ, happy new year to you, and uh, thanks for another great year of, of podcasts and covering Indiana football. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for following along with us. Let's hope it's a victorious start to the new year for the Hoosiers. And, um, you know, we'll cover it either way, but it's a lot more fun for seasons like this. Yeah, it totally is. And, you know, we'll see how how long this uh, this ride can last, hopefully a while. Anyway, uh, that brings it the conclusion of the show. Uh, before we get out of here, a word from our friends over at uh, at manscaped.com if uh, if you're looking for Valentine's Day gifts because that's the next holiday when you have gifts coming around uh, head over for to Manscaped uh, or for the man in your life so support uh, Who's Your Huddle Who's Your Huddle podcast uh, by shopping at Manscaped it's the best in men's below the waist grooming offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels uh, and they've helped 2 million men all over the world get rid of some hair. And now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. All you have to do is use the code armchair. Uh, that does it for our podcast tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, head over to hoosierhuddle.com for all the latest on the, uh, on the bowl game. On uh, the Outback Bowl against Ole Miss, uh, stories and all that stuff will be down there uh, covering it as well. Hey, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Find our Facebook group and have a happy and safe new year. And hopefully 2021 is a lot better than 2020. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> 